0: On this week's Graze the Rim, we take a look at the steals and some of the top performers from this year's rookie class. And then it's award season. We've got our picks for some of the best OFs from the year, from least improved to Timberwolves moment of the year. It's a great episode. So lock up the dogs.
1: back. We are live. Welcome to the Graze the Rim podcast. This, of course, is an NBA podcast hosted by two former teammates. We're releasing this a day late. We're adapting to a fluid schedule, ready to adapt even more fluidly when the playoffs do end up starting. I am Robert Thomas, joined by said teammate, Seth Curran. Seth, we are close to the promised land. This weird, crazy, wild NBA season is wrapping up. I don't have anything else. Sure it kind is. of left that uh, left no, on the cliffhanger, but that was it. I was just to pick that back up. Yeah, yeah.
0: it's uh, yeah, we're really close. It's been a fun one, and an interesting one, a different one. But let's hope the playoffs are kind of what we're what we're used to this year. Yeah, that's right. the The season they
1: were trying to get through the season just to get through it, so they can get back mm-hmm. to the regular thing. Hopefully, the playoffs are a little more normal. What we expect, what we hope for. But I'm excited. I'm ready. Let's get into it. I don't think we have any real pregame notes. Um, no. I do. Well, I guess before before we start the looking at how the conferences and how the standings are shaping up, the West is awesome. Keep both eyes on the West, I think, because like in the East, there's a like kind of a race for first place between Sixers and Nets. The Heat, Celtics, fighting to get out of the play-in game is close. But in the West, so let's see. In the West, we have a tie for first place. We have a half game between third and fourth. We have a game between fifth and seventh. Mm-hmm. And then a game between 8th and 10th. So there could be a ton of movement between a couple teams fighting for positions, basically all the way down the list. So it is going to be exciting, concluding. And a lot of these teams play each other, so there's going to be a lot happening. All right.
0: All right. Be a fun end of the season for sure. pre The only thing, pregame, uh, LeBron and LaMelo are both back. Two to injuries that had lasted a while. LeBron is now injured again. Re-injured, but, yeah. Um, it's good to see those guys back on the court. Yeah, and Durant, Hopefully LeBron I guess. To this day. Yeah, and Durant.
1: Um, yeah, that's good. Uh, it's fun that Lamola's back.
0: Uh, okay, uh, yeah. games. We need to get the games. That's what we're here for. Let's do some games. Yes. Uh, this week, the Bucks beat the Nets twice in a row with a little mini-series. Uh, the first game was crazy. Giannis had 49. Durant had 42 in that game. Uh, but like I said, the Bucks ended up getting both games. This is kind of important, not only for the Bucks' confidence, knowing that they're People have kind of overlooked them all season, uh, maybe like a statement game for them, but they're a game and a half back from the Nets right now. This, you know, if they can make a late push to end the season, if the Nets drop a couple games, the Bucks could potentially get the two seed, which would get them home court advantage um, if they were to face the Nets in the second round. Yeah, it's a huge, for the
1: Sixers also, there's losses by the Nets give the Sixers kind of sole control of the of the one seed that it's in their hands. Right. and. And yeah, home court would be huge. It's it's a huge momentum for the Bucs, too, knowing that they can beat the Nets. I mean, without James Harden, but still, like, they they yeah. have to like their chances a lot more going into a potential two three matchup. It, you know, all year the question mark for the Nets is is gonna be can they defend to come playoffs? And a lot of it's been well, oh, they're so good offensively it doesn't matter, and for most of the year that's kind of been the case. But uh boy, Giannis <laughs> I mean, between Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan and Nick Claxton, Jeff. Like what is they, going on? <laughs> whoever was guarding, Giannis was not having a good time doing it, and it is like
0: those concerns became all too real for the Nets during these. Yeah, games. and part of the, part of the question is is it's so late in the season? These two are playing each other back to back. What are the coaches going to show? Uh, to ex- like expose what they have planned for the playoffs? You know, right. right you know, the thinking is that maybe they're holding back some defensive scheme or something like that. That they'll want to throw at Giannis in the playoffs, and they don't really want to expose it too early to give the Bucks a head start, uh, preparing for it. But yeah, throwing Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan at Giannis is not a recipe for success. Uh, but what I like, I like about this matchup is the the Bucks' best three players are both two way players. You know, Drew, Chris, and, and Giannis. Take how you use first names. We're on first name yeah, basis. Yeah, exactly. Those dudes get it done at both ends of the uh, court. And when you think about the the Nets big three, it's the exact opposite, right? You know, they're they're so offensively focused. Um I just think the Bucks have a really nice balance there. Yeah, and it's not so
1: much like Giannis maybe he's not that well known for being a great mm-hmm. perimeter on ball defender and more of just his incredible defensive versatility. Right. So but besides that Middleton and, and Holiday, I'm not first name basis, I'm a professional. <laughs> they, uh, they just match up really well with Kyrie and Harden and even Durant to some extent. So it's right. like as defenders, like you, you know, I don't know if there's three, a team that has three guys that you would like to throw at the Nets
0: big three as much as, as, right. I was going say, as when you look at the Nets, no one's really a good matchup, but the Bucks might be the best. Matchup to stop right, the right, Nets, right. and you as know. you know, the
1: Nets have this incredible historic offense, but it doesn't matter how good your offense is if you literally cannot stop the other team at the other end, the defensive, right? Itself. I mean, both
0: games were played in the 120s, I believe, yeah, yeah, like which, which you know, it's it's not that crazy, but uh, it's a lot of scoring still, right? Um, uh, let's move on, we'll talk about the Bucks on the other end here. Uh, they lost to the Rockets 143 to 146 or 143 to 136. The only thing to note here is that this is the game that Kevin Porter Jr. scored 50 out of nowhere, you know? Yeah, and kind of, uh, I just loved it as we just talked about how good the,
1: the Bucks were defensively. Right. <laughs> and last <laughs> week I was talking about how good your holiday was defensively, and they kind of got yep.
0: torched by uh, Kevin Porter, of all people. Yeah. All the uh, comparisons were going crazy uh, with James Harden, both are lefties, you know. he had He had 50 and 10 or 11 assists, I can't remember, but a double-double with assists, which is really impressive, but it was just, it was cool to see uh, Kevin Porter's had an interesting season so far after the, the, uh, the Cavs traded him for just a second round pick after he threw a tantrum in the locker room after his locker got switched. <laughs> um, So it kind of sucks if you're a Cavs fan to see that happen, but uh, you know, maybe it's not worth the headache, but shout out Kevin Porter Jr. for, for getting 50. That's impressive. Yeah. You always, I mean, when they traded Kevin Porter Junior, they were definitely selling low. Like they just wanted
1: him off the team, mm-hmm. and boy, they might come to regret it because yeah, he looked right. really good. And he was—I yeah. mean, he was a great at like it's not like he wasn't good on the Cavs. They just yeah. they didn't like
0: him as a person, and they wanted him <laughs> out of their locker room. This was and the funny thing about this was after he got fined uh, fifty grand or something like that after uh, being in a strip club, getting in an altercation at a strip club. Which also helped the James, Her- yeah, more James, James Harden comparison. James Harden-esque, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Talking about scoring points, we got another one here. The Celtics beat the Spurs 143-140 to 140 in overtime. Now, I was watching part of this game, and I turned it off because the Celtics were being, getting drilled. I mean, right. they were down 32 in the first half. Yeah. And I turned it on late in the fourth quarter. I'm, like, expecting something, you know, at the end of the game. It's tie, it's a tie paul game. And then they said overtime. And I just couldn't – I could not believe what had happened. Uh, but anyway in this game, Jason Tatum dropped sixty. Six zero. Whoops. Which I think what say Bird is the only other Yeah, tied the franchise career record. Celtic to ever score sixty. So there was a lot of talk about that. I yeah. just think it's weird that Devin Booker has scored more points in the garden than anybody for the Celtics. Devin Booker had seventy <laughs> a few right. years back. I so
1: actually speaking of I I why does every time anybody has a big scoring game they have to recreate the Will Chamberlain photo? Did you see yeah, that that's, when he did that? Yes. It's stupid. Like you scored like you scored 40 less points. <laughs> like, it's like like it's imp- like good for you you scored 60 career high tied the franchise. That's cool. That's not the, <laughs> that's not the point of that picture. And it's just it's just dumb to recreate. Even when Devin Booker did it with his 70. He did it. Like, yeah. It was such a cheap 70 that that it was the coach kept him in trying to get him to 70. And the Suns were so bad that yeah, yeah it yeah, was yeah. Yeah, shoot anytime you want. Right. <laughs> I just I hate it. I hate that thing. Do you make your own picture?
0: Right. Right. Or the people that recreate the uh Kobe in the locker like uh head down holding the the trophy, trophy. Right, right, yeah. right, right. <laughs> like Io DeSumo did it for Illinois this year. Uh yeah. Make your own picture. <laughs> right, right. Good. Let's move on. The the Wizards beat the Pacers, uh what we'd call a lot to a lot but a little less. Right. Because there's like three
1: hundred total points in regulation. <laughs> it's yes. just cra- I mean, just kind of the way that and in- basketball's been going this year with just a ton of offense i just want to first of all the pacers are they they're so banged up and they cannot get healthy yeah so miles turner is still out indefinitely with a toe injury mm-hmm. i I, just, I haven't even heard how that's looking or or Mm-mm. you know um they got sabonis back from his back injury but they'd lost Brogdon with tight hamstring <laughs> uh so i have their injury report up Jeremy lamb's out with a the knee mm-hmm. they have Three not good players out. Miles Turner's out. TJ Warren's out. So it's just like you said last week. The playing game is good for a team that has been banged up. Getting healthy, they're not getting healthy. They're getting less healthy. And it, it's injuries have like that's been the theme of them for the season. And it's probably going to take their season too because they just can't get healthy. At right.
0: All. Yeah. Um. In this game, eighteen players played. Seventeen of them scored in double figures. Only Raul Neto, uh, nine points in twenty-four minutes. Um, the only one not to score in double digits playing in the game, uh, is pretty crazy. Like we said, hundred and fifty four to hundred and forty one that's like almost three hundred points scored. Yeah, and I yeah, also I rest with the incredible stat line. Yes.
1: What was it? Uh, how many fourteen points? points, twenty-one rebounds, twenty-four assists. Yeah,
0: <laughs> he <laughs> took little, eight shots. By yeah,
1: a hundred. That was they scored a hundred fifty-four points. What was this? it? Was one hundred fifty-four to one hundred forty-one? Forty-one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so one hundred fifty-four points by Russell Westbrook team, and he shot the ball
0: eight times. Right. So good <laughs> for him. You know, that's that's what you yeah, like and, to see. And Rui Hachimura was actually the lead scorer. It wasn't It wasn't Beal. Uh, Rui had twenty-seven. As a leading score
1: and that's a crazy yeah. also that one hundred and fifty four points in the leading score is mm-hmm. twenty seven yeah. well I mean the wizards are still they look really good. they have sole control of the ten spot in the east only because the teams competing with them are allergic to winning games, and they're doing yeah. well, so it looks like we got our tens our ten teams in the east
0: right, just a quick note about the uh this this game this was. The Pacers gave up 154 points just two nights after scoring 152 points. Right, they again, played. They played the Thunder two nights before, beat them 152 to 95. I uh, just want to note, Demontis Bonus had a triple double at halftime. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and wasn't it? I think it was the largest home loss in NBA history. Yeah, the Thunder home. Yeah, I they got. Yeah. Just wanted to throw that out there because that's good, hilarious. Good. You should.
0: Yeah. Uh, last one. You got Rob. No I
1: think you got it, even though I okay. wrote it, and you don't know what we're
0: talking about <laughs> the uh, after we kind of called out the trailblazers uh here they come <laughs> uh one four straight, and they beat the grizzlies who we who we said that uh the Grizzlies were kind of passing the blazers like ships in the night, but mm. Blazers bounce back, they look really good now, they are in the seven, they are pushing up on the Lakers at six yeah one of the one of the games that beat the Celtics. Very funny moment. Now that no
1: one's seriously injured, we can talk about the funny <laughs> and the game. Kind of garbage time. Uh, so the Celtics were trying to foul or get a steal at the end of the game, and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown bonked into each other and smacked like shin bones, and they both limped off the court. Which I thought was funny. <laughs> I like that you used the word bonked. That's what I mean. It was. It, so they said like they like rolled up on each other's ankles, but it looked like they just smacked shins, like you know, yeah. like six year olds playing soccer just swinging legs around. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Okay. Shout out, Blazers. Here they come. Look out, NBA. Let's move on. As the season comes to an end, that means the end of the rookie class. They will no longer be known as rookies. So let's take some time and talk about those guys. Uh, as as the, the good rookies season usually ends pretty early because they're generally on bad teams, um, this would be a good point to talk about them um, as we transition to the playoffs. So with that, we're going to talk about rookies. Sound okay, Rob? I love it. Well, we'll (laughs)
1: introduce. I'm I'm interested. I understand what's happening. What else do we want?
0: Let's talk about the big three first. And by that, I don't mean the first three selections. I mean the three kind of consensus best players in the draft to this point, um, just based on this season alone. And that is Anthony Edwards, Lamelo Ball, and Tyrese Halliburton. A little update on Halliburton. He just, they just reported that he's out for the season uh, with like six games to go. Uh, They're not making the playoffs anyway. Hyper extended his knee, so sad way to end the season. But um, had a fantastic season up to this point. Where do you want to start with that, Rob? Well, big three. I we can start with you
1: naming them the big three. Yeah, because that was not contention, but that was a little curious curiosity from me. I don't. So so it's just who's the three favorites to win rookie of the year? Right. Three leaders in the rookie of the year race is your big three. Yeah, I that don't been so, like
0: the best. Had been the best this year,
1: right? So, far. So, so I guess we can I can air these grievances now. I'm still worried about Anthony Edwards as a future That's okay. prospect. Do you? How do you? Feel, okay. Let me. Can I? Can I get your honest assessment of him up to this point? The favorite of the Rookie of the Year, the Timberwolves' number one pick. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about him as a Timberwolves fan?
0: I feel really, really good about it because he had so much growth this year with a very. Like, ever-changing roster. like He never knew who he was going to be playing with. Some nights he was the go-to guy on offense, um, and then some nights he's playing with D'Angelo Russell and Carlton Towns. Uh, he grew a lot with his confidence, because I wasn't expecting him to be a, even a decent three-point shooter this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not shooting great. He's shooting like 32%, which is below average, but um, the jumper looks good. He's consistently and confidently taking it like off a setback, which... Like I said, didn't see that coming at all. And um, I love his potential. The dude's a freak athlete. Yeah, he is. And the nice thing is that with these other teams, he doesn't have to. Generally, you're the number one pick. You have to be the best player on the on your team, and they want you to do it as quickly as possible. Let's turn this franchise around. This franchise does need to turn around, um, but he doesn't have to worry about being the guy, and I think that's really going to benefit him. I mean, he's playing with currently Towns, takes a lot of the pressure off of him. When he's healthy, <laughs> <laughs> if he's healthy,
1: yeah. I so right. and I do remember kind of just talking about rookies. The one thing that I heard somebody say, like an analyst, was that they're like this whole rookie class, this whole rookie season, you take with a huge grain of salt because mm-hmm. this is an all-time year for almost no training camps, time to work preseason, and then like no practice time with this condensed schedule and you know COVID protocols. That right. there's just teams are getting like no practice time and there's no there's no preseason really. So. The rookies were really just thrown into the fire with minimal practice, minimal prep, minimal time to develop. They just had to trial mm-hmm. by fire develop during the games. So I think that's a promising thing to remember if you're trying to look at your team's rookie and if they're not progressing well or if they look, you know, like uh, James Wiseman that just looks lost a lot of times. Yeah. Something to remember is that, you know, these prospects that, that didn't get a lot of time to practice and just kind of are just going. Um so that's yeah, kind of no a, li- like you said, no training camp and no in-season practice, you know? Yeah, yeah. Nothing like that. That's the thing. So, so that's – it's th- – these rookies have a, a challenge like the rookies before them haven't had. My So my concern – concern not a good word. Hesitation with Anthony Edwards is is I just uh, – on the scale, you know, is he like a Tyreek Evans, Monta Ellis rookie? <laughs> or is he going to develop into a Gilbert Arenas, you know, Steve Francis player? Or is he like, you know – Going to be one of the great guards that actually helps his team win, kind of a thing to a winning player because the mentality he gave an all-time bad pre-draft interview or, oh, or interview yeah. process yes. where he basically said he doesn't really like basketball; like, he'd rather be a football player, mm-hmm. right? I, I don't want to misquote him.
0: Yeah, it was like it was like football was his passion; basketball was just like something he does or something yes, like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so I just like when I when I look at how he plays his
1: game through that lens. He is not gun-shy about shooting, which again, part of it's because his team's kind of been in flux yeah. so much. They need somebody to shoot. But but he's very happy to shoot and be a scorer. But the rest of his game, I don't love as much. Like, like as athletic as he is, I feel like he could be a better rebounder. His assist numbers mm-hmm. aren't there. Like, he's not a facilitator. He's a scorer. Right. And his defense, I mean, defense is kind of something that you really have to pick up on. But as as athletically gifted as he is, I feel like he should be a little better or could be a lot better. That could be developing like we said the issues with practice but but it's just this the timeline that he's on I feel like a lot of the historically great athlete great gifted scores but not great winners, like I said some of those other guys that I mentioned I feel like they had similar origin stories so i' I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm not concerned but i'm I'm not as sold on him as like a Lomello
0: in terms of confidence that they're gonna be a great player one day. Like who to build like, – yeah, who complements your team the best as well. Yeah. I, I don't disagree with any of I that. Just, I just – like it's a lost season for the Timberwolves anyway. And I yeah. think part of it is let's just see what he can do. Let's get him the ball. Um, I mean he's taken he took 31 shots one game. <laughs> right. Let's think – and he, like you said, that he just kind of you, – you
1: throw him to the Wolves and not the Timberwolves. wolves. But yeah. he just – he goes. He, he's just like, all right, go try to score. Go try to be a good basketball player. And he's done well for that. But it's just, you know, when I think of him – like, you know, you heard the stories of Jason Tatum or some of these other young guys that have already improved and shown a lot of skills from their rookie years. It's just like how much is he gonna grow from season to season? Because the mentality right. stuff, that's where you actually develop, is in the off seasons, is in in really being disciplined. And I like you know, when you look at like the mellow or Tyrese Halliburton, like I'm way more confident that they're going to improve every off season. I just don't know how much I don't know how, how confident I am that Anthony Edwards is going to be that type of player.
0: Yeah, but that's more like a you're questioning like work ethic like what is he going to put in in the off season? Correct. You know. Yes. Um everything I've tons of interviews and stuff like that because the guy's hilarious. Uh Anthony Edwards <laughs> is can't go can't I can't watch an interview of him without laughing okay. or any video of him because he's just he's just naturally a fun guy. Uh and it sounds like he's so committed and I know that's what their job to say stuff like that. Right. Um but I, I choose to believe it because, Good, okay, because if, if, if he doesn't, then we're in trouble. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. I
1: hate like you hate the stories or, or seeing guys that are so awesome, so fun to watch, but they just they're just not in it for like they don't have that winning the 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 mentality of being a winner so much as yeah. I like doing flashy things on the court, kind of a
0: thing. Yeah, and the Timberwolves have a bad uh, history of just giving contracts to guys like Angel Wiggins <laughs> who say they're going to work really hard and get better. Right. And here's your max contract. Right. Exactly. Um. But yeah, we talked about Lamelo. I absolutely love. How Lamello. could you not? I love his game. I love everything about it. Um, I'm not. I'm not upset as a Terrell's fan, but um, I just. I love watching him play. Man, he's good. Was it a, the first game back since his injury? He had that like 65 foot
1: underhand pass. Did you see that yeah, highlight?
0: Yes, the full court. Uh, yes, yeah. yeah. It's really There's,
1: a... there. are Very few guys that can do that. That's the thing. That's why you know we, we we haven't really talked about the rookie class as a whole, and I don't know if we're going to, but. But part of the things that make rookie classes great is that they have the the special players, the real standout players. And Lamelo's already doing things that you just don't see other people do. Like he is, you know, like Anthony Edwards is, is, is a great athlete. He's dynamic. And Terrence Halliburton looks really good for a rookie. But like Lamelo Ball is, is is Zion-esque in that he's doing or, you know, pick your favorite great rookie. He's right. doing things that you just don't see are like really unique things that make you a special player. Like in the NBA as a whole. Yes, yes, know? yes,
0: exactly. Yeah. Um, and then Lomelo's kind of in an interesting situation too, being the third overall pick, you're generally not on a on a winning team. Um, but Charlotte's good. They have a lot of young talent around him. Their their team is on the perfect timeline for me. Really good young group of guys. Uh, and Lomelo is eventually gonna rise to the top. He's going to he's going to be the leader of the team. Um, the the weight is gonna fall on his shoulders. The nice thing for him, though, that is that it doesn't have to right now. Yeah, for sure. And that's the thing. nice like you know, you think of building a team is that
1: you're cheap with your rookies because all your rookies right. are on friendly deals. And then you, as you have to start paying, or before you have to start paying them, you can pay other guys. And that's kind of what they're doing is, you know, Gordon Hayward, they're probably going to pay Terry Rozier this offseason. Mm-hmm. And then by the time those guys' contracts are up, you can
0: start paying your guys, right? you know, your rookies what they need to be paid. Yeah. And... It's hard to find, like you said. We talked about defense with Anthony Edwards. Lamelo's got a has great size, some great length. Like that's only going to benefit him in the future defensively. He's gonna get. He's gonna have to get stronger, obviously, um, to be to be a good defender. But there's it's hard to find something that you're worried about with Lamelo, right? Yeah, and that's and like unlike Anthony
1: Edwards, his his defense isn't great, but a lot of it is just for being a rookie. And I'm much more confident that he'll develop or he'll improve. Because yeah. I feel like he has, a, he has a great mentality about basketball.
0: I like the way that Lamelo, either on-ball or off-ball, does not matter, is always involved in the play. Always cutting through, crashing the boards. I love that. Uh, it's just, I can't say enough great things about Lamelo, honestly. Uh, but we're leaving out Tyrese Halliburton so far. And he has been one of my favorite stories of the year in this class. Funky. Hitch jump shot. God, the shot's so weird. Good. I'm glad you brought cash. it. Up. <laughs> and it's cash. And it's cash. What I love every time I watch watch Halliburton play, his off the ball defense always stood out to me. Like the dude was just always in the right spot off the ball. And he got a ton of steals from just picking off passes in the passing lane. Uh, He just. You can tell when somebody just knows how to play the game. You can't really describe yeah. it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But he is one of those guys that just knows what's going on out there. That was my thing that he doesn't look like a rookie.
1: Like, he 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 looks yeah. so comfortable. Not just like like Lamelo, who's so like dynamic, creative offensively. But but like that contributed to the whole basketball mindset that he just looks so comfortable offensively and defensively, on or off. Like you said, off the ball defense is great. O- off the ball offense is also great. Like he just he just doesn't look like he's in the wrong spot very often,
0: especially for yeah. a rookie. Yeah. Uh and then he I mean De'Aaron Fox went out for a little bit, uh, this past like end of April. So it was kinda of on him to take point guard responsibility, which he hadn't he had been coming off the bench. Um and then Marvin Badley got hurt and then they went small and he him and De'Aaron Fox started uh next to each other. But it was kinda of, it was kinda of nice to see him take over the offense. He's not going to in the future. It's gonna be interesting to see how him and De'Aaron Fox play together. I think it'll be fine. Um as they I mean, maybe move buddy to a small three, but him and Darren Fox is giving me an interesting pairing, I think. Yeah, for I sure. Don't know, I don't but, know how I feel about it, though. Yeah, and they
1: don't... Um, what's what's nice is t- Halliburton especially doesn't need to be on the ball. Halliburton just seems like a guy that anybody you line him up with, he's going to find a way to be effective and contribute. So I, so I I don't think I'm as negative. Like I I, I think not, Darren Fox compliments him really well.
0: I do too, but I think I think what makes Halliburton so good is he's such a great passer, and Darren Fox's game is... Based on a lot of ball handling right, and speed, getting yeah. to the hoop, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and I'm just you worry not worried about like I mean obviously, Darren uh, Fox is the much better player you right think, now. Do you think Halliburton like, should be on the ball more? I like guess he goes. That's slowly. what I'm saying. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yes, but it's hard to take the ball out of Darren Fox's hand because right. that's what makes him so effective. Right, right, right. I have no doubt they'll figure it out, but that's just the only thing that like, I have doubt they'll figure it out. They're the Kings. I have loved of truth they'll make it work. Uh, not not that they figured out as a team, but that those two figured okay. out of play yeah, off one fine. another. That's fine. Okay. Let's look at some other guys later in the first round. Um anybody stand out to you that maybe out of the lottery or something like that that' Yeah, yeah.
1: So like a late first round pick, right? That's mm-hmm. what you're talking about. Yeah,
0: so my when I went and looked at the uh
1: just recapping the draft and the one that I loved the most is Peyton Pritchard for the Celtics, <laughs> only because he was picked 12 picks after the Celtics picked Aaron Neesmith, yeah. who has been awful. So, Pritchard was the 26th pick, Aaron Smith was the 14th pick, both picked by the Celtics. Mm-hmm. And boy, has Peyton Pritchard been a lot, not only great for being a late first round pick, but so much better than a guy picked way earlier than him on the yeah. exact same team. So, you know, he... Yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'll you go. You I there. said you know, so I was, I'm,
0: I'm curious. Um... You get these paint Pitcher's a four year college guy, you get those guys generally fall in the draft right you know you're not taking a little older. older right yeah, so you're not you're not you're not buying on potential, you're buying on what they are now, so it's generally the better teams at the end of the first round that that pick up these guys and Peyton Pritchard has been a great fit for the Celtics for that because he is another guy that just looks like he knows how to play the game, um not kind of shy in the big moments and stuff like that uh he's benefited the Celtics for sure.
1: Yeah, that was that was one of the things that that I really like about him was that he plays like somebody a lot older than himself. Like he's he's got no confidence coming off the bench, no confidence issues mm-hmm. coming off the bench. Yeah, he's got a like great. Mo- I mean, he's a classic white guy, short white guy motor, <laughs> you know that you love. But I mean, so so he's playing about twenty minutes a game. He's you know eight points, two rebounds, two assists. I mean, not great. No, you know, but not great numbers. But forty five, forty two, ninety shooting splits. So shooting yeah. the ball well, especially shooting the ball well from three. He, he, I mean, he's the first guard off the bench in the Celtics rotation. So he's going to play, you know, real playoff minutes, you know, especially for a team that is, is short in depth. That's kind of been one of the mm-hmm. biggest issues the last few years. And so for, you know, for being a late steal like that, you kind of, you hope that, like you say, if you take a four round guy, that he'll be able to come in and play right away. And especially a late first round for a short white dude, like he's been all <laughs> the, all the Celtics could hope for and more.
0: Right. Definitely. Um, the guy I had was Sadiq Bay, nineteenth pick. Yeah. Uh, ended up in in um, Detroit. We mentioned this earlier. He won an Eastern Conference Player of the Week somehow. Uh, after. Not rookie of the had, week. If that's the thing, no is player that a thing? as a thing.
1: Is player is rookie of the week a thing? I guess I, I don't know. Maybe just rookie of the month. But not I not. I just want to clarify. It wasn't a rookie only it was a award. Player of the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And it was after dropping. He dropped thirty against the Celtics. I think uh, something along those lines. But I swear, every time I watch the Pistons play. The dude's just money from three. Great size, great potential to be a really good player in this league. It's not that big of a deal right now because the Pistons are so bad. Uh, but I'm going to mention this here. I guess I'll just mention it now. I love what the Pistons did in this draft alone. They got Sadiq Bay at the 19th pick, Killian Hayes at the 7th pick, and Isaiah Stewart at the 16th pick. And I've been begging. They finally, Killian Hayes was hurt this year. But I've been begging to see those guys in the starting lineup together finally. They've done it. Uh, but they haven't been able to do it with Jeremy Grant yet. Interesting to see how that works. Uh, but Sadiq Bey is definitely my favorite out of those guys. Um, love his potential. Yeah, and was a guy I, I didn't – I had
1: no idea who he was when he was drafted. Do you know what I mean? Sadiq Bey? Yeah. I mean, oh, it, yeah. Like, He just kind of – for me, he totally came out of nowhere. And he's been great. He, he lit up Creighton. That's, that's how I knew. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I – yeah, I, I wonder, not that this is a bad thing, but I think being on such a bad team with but that wanted to tank has been really good for him. Yeah. But this guy like to be shooting the ball so well, but it's just, he, like, who cares? For You mm-hmm. know, the Pistons' mindset is who cares who shoots? Like, like let's just go see what we have. And he has been he has been so, like, I'm sure they love him. I'm glad you brought up Killian Hayes because, especially at the beginning of the year, he was hurt. He didn't play a lot, but he mm-hmm. got a ton of, you know, they might have reached for him, they thought, especially with some other like Halliburton still on the board. Yeah. And the Pistons drafted him. But but boy, he, he is fun. Like he's got a he's very raw. Like he's he's not like Lamello in that, that he makes incredible plays and looks good. He's he makes some incredible plays but looks really bad a lot of the times. Like very rookie yeah. mistakes.
0: But I think I think he's gonna be a really good player. He had he's all, he's a fantastic passer. Right. Uh that's I love players like that. Um and then yeah, I just I love his potential. Now there was conversation about who was the better prospect between Killian Hayes and Lamelo way way back, like and during the pre-draft stuff. Uh, but I think it's a pretty clear answer. <laughs> no. Yes, yes. Uh, let's look at the second round a little bit. Any steals you found or that you think uh, it is? Potentially been yeah, bored? it's it's hard to say. Definitely too
1: much, but there missing the great. I so Xavier Tillman was the first one to pop up to me, thirty-fifth pick, uh, for the Grizzlies. Well. Yeah. I don't know how it works. Great, like tra- yeah. drafted. He wasn't drafted. Whatever. This is a stupid website. And he, so he hasn't played a bunch. They've had some injuries, so he kind of played more than you know intended or should have maybe at the beginning mm-hmm. of the season, and had some struggles. Wasn't great, but the last month, especially, he has been really good. So he's he's kind of an undersized center. Is how they've been playing him offensively. He has got a lot of skills for just being a rookie. He's got really great touch around the rim and. In like the what do I say? Like the short mid range, like ten to fifteen feet. He's like one of mm-hmm. the best finishers in the league, percentage wise. He showed potential to be a three point shooter. Ha- doesn't have a great percentage this year, but over the last month, he's been shooting like over forty percent from three. So, so like a really good potential offensive player. He's been playing like when he plays, like he just makes good offensive move, not moves, but he he scores. He can score from anywhere, effectively, right? Uh, and and defensively he's he's pretty capable on the perimeter like like a huge plus for especially like backup centers is how versatile defensively they are if you can come in and be a plus defensively it's a huge thing and when when a center can switch on to the perimeter like he's shown to be able to do like it's just huge and and so for being a little undersized center he's not bad inside and he's good on the outside so he's like, you know, we think of a second-round steal, they're not always, like, future all-stars or whatever, but just being able to find a great rotation player in it's the second round. hard to do. Exactly, and as a rookie, he's
0: already shown that he can handle a rotation. Yeah, like he's, he filled in for, like, when Jaron Jackson, most of the season's been out, uh, Valanchunas was out for a while, too. Really just stepped up and, and filled that, that role for him. And with being in, in Memphis, you think of, like, a undersized an athletic big and like you just think of Zach Randolph, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's true that's true yeah. I th- I mean he's he's much more movable. Like he can oh, actually move. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um my guy was uh 52nd pick in Houston, Kenyon Martin Jr. and when you see do you remember Kevin Martin? Rob, yeah, played for the Rockets. Yeah, I yeah. see Every time I see him in a Rockets jersey, I'm like, I want to call him Kevin Martin Jr. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it just feels right. Okay, yeah. um, but Ken, Kenyon Martin Jr., 6'6". Uh, late second round pick. He, the, it's not much about his game. It's more so like he is a highlight waiting to happen. And he's filled in on a bad, bad, really bad Rockets team. But he's 6'6", and he's playing most of his minutes to the power of forward. And... He, what I love about his game is that he will contest any shot at the rim. Like he has a block of Rudy Gobert, uh, James Wiseman, I can't remember who else, but it's a bunch of big guys that are just trying to dunk on him. And he's always, he always, he's like, like the quick bounce, you know, the quick hop straight up. Right. Uh, so he's, he's making highlight plays all the time. He actually, he was the one that blocked James Wiseman on the, uh, the torn meniscus play. But, um, so I, so I guess, uh, that's a warning to anybody that wants to try to dunk. dunk right, on. Right. Um, but no, I think he's just fun to watch. He's he's got some a really nice some really nice dunks too. But just super athletic, undersized, but just motor. I love that. And like you said, it's so hard to find quality in the second round and eight picks, eight picks from the last pick. You gotta like what you see out of him from there. Okay, uh any shout outs for any other guys that we didn't get to mention.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a, a few guys that I think Sadiq Bay kind of falls in the, into this category too, where it's just somebody that's getting a lot of run on a really bad team mm-hmm. and is doing some things well. I was going to say, uh, Cole Anthony, especially yeah. since the Magic unloaded their roster, but he's been playing a bunch and looks pretty good doing it.
0: Yeah. I, I mentioned Patrick Williams, uh, a while back, the Kawhi Light. I'm, I'm really excited yeah. what he can do. Yeah. Um, they're, they're really counting on him to be that third guy next to Vooch and Levine. We'll see how quickly he can get that uh, up to their level and that speed. But, you know, there's a lot. we have, the People talk about, like, the second-year bump. You know, you have that first year under your belt. You're used to the speed now. You go back. You spend an offseason working on whatever your limitations were. And there's just some guys I expect to see, like Avdia uh, and Isaac Okoro. Like, I expect to see a pretty decent Right. Jump. I was going to um, say, well,
1: he actually, I mean, he looks great. He had 30 points. Was 30, last night? Yeah,
0: yeah, just last night. Um, but you yeah, you know, you expect to see them. They right. just get used to the game, um and and the talent finally, you know, comes to the top. You see it. Um and then like Devin Vassell from uh, in San Antonio, he was 11th, I think, but just hasn't really gotten into that rotation and has has been kind of inconsistent this season, but those are three guys that I thought would that that could really benefit from that second year bump next yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah. There's a rookie we've talked about more than any other that we haven't brought up. I I just figured we probably everyone knew how how great we thought he was. Okay. Um, Alexey Pukashevsky obviously is the best rookie in this class. Mm-hmm. It's just too bad the Thunder are bad, or else you know the whole world could see how great he was. That's work. true. One day, maybe, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, awesome. Good. Let's let's move on to the award show.
1: Oh yeah, okay. Well, do you want to? Before we do that, do you want to? Is um is Anthony Edwards
0: a lock for Rookie of the Year? Oh. I, what do you think? That's a... well. I'll say this: the the injury to Lamelo, he definitely benefited from that. I mean, but... Lamelo was a lock before the injury. Oh, it wasn't even it wasn't even going right, to be a conversation. Right, right. I mean, he's played like twenty more games with Lamelo, and he looked really good during that stretch too. I mean, he had a, he he looked a little rough early on in the season, but he's really kind of hit his stride here. And I think if Anthony Edwards wasn't really, you know, if he was just Playing okay basketball, Lamelo could still win it. But I kind of think Anthony Edwards built up a a really strong case while Lamelo was out.
1: Yeah, it's whatever, whatever the fourth or fifth year where Joel Embiid finally decided to start playing. So he played as a <laughs> rookie. Like he only played like thirty games, but he was so good that people wanted to give him Rookie of the Year.
0: And Isn't that where Brogdon won? Yeah, it? Yeah, that's, that's thing. the part yeah. of the <laughs> reason
1: that it was it was a debate. Like he had played so few games, but the reason it was debate was because Malcolm Brogdon, who was the other deserving candidate mm-hmm. was was nowhere near him statistically like he just wasn't clearly was not near the player Embiid was but the question was had Embiid played enough games and this year it's it's a little less extreme version of that where Lomelo's missed much less games than um, Embiid missed not much less. he's missed less games than Embiid missed but the other the kind of the challenger that came up during the injury has been like, Anthony Edwards is a much better year than Malcolm Brogdon mm-hmm. had as a rookie. So, yeah. so I think for that reason that, like you said, that the the next available, like the, the guy that's been available, Anthony Edwards, he's been good enough. Like, that, it's not going to matter. Right. He's just been right. too good to be like, well, LaMelo's better even though he's played less games. Like, Anthony Edwards has put up too good of stats as a rookie. Mm-hmm. So, I think, I think he's a lock. I'm surprised you didn't I do say too. Him. Okay. Oh, I, okay. Yeah, I do. Okay, okay. All right. So, yes, yeah, so like you said. We are moving on to the first annual, we didn't come up with a name, the first annual <laughs> Graze the Rim Award Show Spectacular. This is, like we said, We the MVP, most improved, sixth man defensive player of the year. Uh, those are boring. Who cares? We're going to look at the real awards. These are the things that interest not just us, but the masses, the media, the people. These are the ones people want to see. These are the fun things that we enjoy Talking about, so we came up with, how many did we come up with? Oh, that's a good question. Nine. I wanted to get to ten. We came up with nine awards. Uh, So we're going to go through them. And uh, we've got a list of nominees and a winner for all these awards. So the first award was, uh, it was was kind of a late edition because of events that happened just last night. Or was it two nights ago? Whatever. I didn't say the date. Today's Wednesday, Cinco de Mayo. May 5th. Oh, happy single tomorrow. That's yeah. right. That's right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I usually say that at the beginning of the show. Forgot to. Very recently, within this week, uh, Draymond Green had another difficult series of events that happened in a clutch situation of a close game. So I wanted to bring up the Draymond Green Clutch Moment of the Year Award. So our first award is the Draymond Green Clutch Moment of the Year. Four nominees, all of them performed by Draymond Green. So the first one was, like I said, last night Draymond Green gets an and one uh, with about a minute left in the game. Who did they play? I didn't write down. Who are they playing? Uh, the Last Pelicans. Night. The Pelicans. Yeah. So, versus the Pelicans, minute left in the game. Draymond gets a big and one to tie the game. Spent about 11 seconds total flexing at the Pelicans bench <laughs> about how strong and how good he was. Uh, missed the free throw to put them up one. And then, a couple possessions later, committed a really bad clear path foul. That gave the Pelicans free throws in the ball. And the Pelicans wanted to win the game. So that moment is one. Another mm-hmm. moment is... Actually, I'll just do chronologically. So that was most recently. Then April 18th uh, versus the Celtics. Down two points with 48 seconds left. Uh, Draymond had only attempted five shots with this point in the game. Draymond tries a fake handoff. Uh, drives in misses the layup. Which is a very easy layup. Uh, also, Steph Curry was on his team at that point. And Steph Curry did not touch the ball that possession. So that was one. Uh, February 20th, with uh, nine seconds left in the game versus Charlotte, up two, there's a jump ball at half court. Uh, the ball, loose ball, gets tipped around. Charlotte gets possession of the ball, gets a timeout called. Draymond hates the call so much, flips out, yells at the ref, double tech gets ejected, gives the hornets two free throws and the ball, which they go on to win the game because of. And then finally, <laughs> February 9th, with eight seconds left versus the Spurs. Down three with the ball. At half court, out of bounds. Firmary catches and shoots the half court shot, thinking he's going to get fouled. He doesn't get fouled. It's hilarious. It's terrible. Clanks went off the backboard. They go on to lose the game. I think they lost all of these games, if I'm uh, checking my um, the records yeah. correctly. So, yes, they did. So, not great moments from Jameen on any of these. And I'm sure the best part about this is I'm sure there are many more moments. But I just didn't want to watch... Enough, Draymond, <laughs> to go through them.
0: So between so, these, yeah. Oh no, no I was no, going to no. say. So, who is the winner of the Draymond Clutch Moment of the Year Award? Well, there has Draymond. <laughs> Draymond is the winner.
1: As he stands up and walks down the aisle to come collect his award, um, this one was easy to pick. It was the February ninth, eight seconds left, shoots a half court shot, thinking he's going to get fouled. This this was an all time like this is, I've never seen anything like this that it is it looks like a 2k i think I, I said this when i uh when we talked about this whenever it happened It looks like you pushed the wrong button when you're playing in 2k <laughs> yes and just randomly shot a half
0: crouch shot it. It, it was just, the what do you say the smartest or the dumbest smart play or the smartest dumb play the of all time smartest dumb play because it has yep. to be smart if you did it right, right Oh, true true yeah yeah
1: uh congratulations Draymond. yeah uh, this is this is an all-timer i've never seen anything like it and i probably never will see anything like it again <laughs> Oh, no, as long as Draymond's in the league, you sure will. (laughs) All right, so that was our first award. Um, We don't have an order for these.
0: How do you want to – how should we do it? Let's just start at the top of our list here. Okay. The athletic move by a non-athlete. Right, so weren't we going to name this with the guy? (laughs) Well, let me start over. Let me start over. Yeah, okay. Okay, so the Billy Hoyle (laughs) – Award? (laughs) What is – The Billy Hoyle
1: Alex Caruso Award. Yes.
0: yes. The Billy Hoyle Alex Caruso Award. So this is the award. Given to an athletic move by a non-athlete. I love that. That's great. That's really good. This is going to be very
1: difficult to describe because that's the thing. We wanted to minimize awards that we would have to describe that you would have to see because um, that's not good radio. But we did it for this. So... Our process for this was we went through searching highlights. We typed in a white guy's name that plays in the NBA and then the (laughs) word dunk and see if we could find a clip of him dunking. So our nominees are. But uh, but we
0: should explain. But what we found when we searched that is just them getting dunked on. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's true. Yes, dunks on EA. Good. That's true. Um, So our nominees, uh,
0: Alex Caruso,
1: who dunked several times this year. He's not going to (laughs) win because by now we know he's athletic. But we want to shout him out. Uh asked Crusoe dunk uh, I think my favorite was when he dunked on um I don't know, whatever. <laughs> he oh one. Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great one. I didn't see the clip, but I saw a picture of him dunking on Michael Prime Michael same. Jordan. Yeah, yeah same. That was good. So Crusoe's one uh Joe
0: Ingles, who do you want to describe the dunk, the Joe Ingles dunk? Yeah, he caught it on the uh on the right corner, uh pump faked, dribbled to the dribbled with his left hand and dunked it. Right. Was the <laughs> one def- hand, Statue of Liberty, defense hadn't got back on the play yet. Was the defense <laughs> there? Not the question. That wasn't the question.
1: He dunked it. Uh, the other one was Svi uh, Mikhailuk, the Oklahoma City Thunder guard, who actually had a pretty nice little two-hander coming down yeah. the lane that actually somebody, we're not going to name names, somebody jumped to contest and uh, kind of got dunked on a little bit. But it was, a, it was a nice, comfortable dunk. A little powerful dunk, too. Exactly, yeah. Uh, but the winner, I think we'll just say it now because... yeah. Uh the winner was Mo Harkless, who uh, it was the same day that Miles Bridges had the dunk of the decade that you sent me this clip and I was like, Did you see this Mo Harkless dunk? And I was like, You tell me Mo Harkless can dunk? <laughs> and it was it was one of the best dunks I'd seen this year. It was an awesome kind of like, like, like tort your body and Yeah, so he like jumped the dunk, kind of took contact, had to turn, and still had time to like elevate and dunk over here like kind of himself. Awesome. athlete. well I guess we're supposed to clip for this one, right? Yeah, yeah. We post the Harkless clip on Twitter at Graysonrim. But congratulations, Moe Harkless. Uh A little insulting that he gets thrown into this category of being a non-athlete. But um, I didn't see—I didn't know he had it in him. So I definitely
0: didn't either. Congratulations, Moe Harkless. Okay, let's move on to the Timberwolves moment of the year. Yeah. And Robbie, do you want to describe this award? Yeah. So the Timberwolves moment, like to do something
1: Timberwolves ask means that, despite your best efforts, the worst possible outcome. To the scenario that you've got yourself into happens. Whereas, no matter what you do, no matter how hard you try, if you made a list of well, what could happen? How bad could it be? It's going to be worse than whatever you can think of. Yeah. So that yeah. was that was what I had to. So there was a lot. There was dozens of T wolves moments this year that we had to cut down to four. To right. four. Yeah. I want to see you to start with your with the, with the one you added at the end. The yeah. First so yeah. So so the first one was so this year they they had a mid season coaching switch which is not crazy, not unprecedented, but with almost no notice, they fired their coach and hired an assistant coach from a different team. Yeah. Which almost never happens, was pretty universally condemned as as a as a thing not to do. Like the coaches right. union hated it. Um but they did it. They wanted to get their guy and so they got their guy. Especially in a season where there's no practice time, so the coach has no time to implement whatever he wants to do. But they did. They 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 went. They they hired Raptors assistant coach Chris Finch midseason.
0: Yeah. Uh, we also have that the Timberwolves have, are bad. We know that the Warriors own their first round pick this year if it falls outside the top three. So the Timberwolves should be trying to lose. And since Daniel Russell's come back, they've been eight and seven, playing above five hundred basketball. Even though they've been completely eliminated from playoff contention, and the goal should be just to lose every game possible. Yes. A very Timberwolves thing to do. Yes. Um, talking about Daniel Russell. Maybe he's being a double agent for the Warriors because he's been very bad early yeah. in the season. At the beginning of the year, yeah, he was the single
1: worst plus minus in the league. Mm-hmm. So like you said, the Warriors owned the Timberwolves pick and they traded D'Angelo Russell to the Timberwolves. So D'Angelo Russell was playing like a double agent because he was yep. so bad he was tanking the Timberwolves chances, making sure the pick
0: would be better that they owed to the Warriors. Right. Yeah. He has been pretty decent as of late though, but we're not going to mention that. Mm. Um but the winner, and this is a pretty easy one, uh they they got Malik Beasley, Beasley at the tread dead deadline last year, uh re signed him this off season, and he had been one of their better players, but now he is in prison. He is out now though. He he went to prison after being uh the best player for the Timberwolves to start the season, uh relating to a Did he actually go off-season. to prison? He went to the community uh I can't remember what the I thought he just did do with community was. service. Did he actually no, go? Yeah. And now he's out with a, with a hamstring injury, so we probably won't see him the rest of the year. Yeah, so the one uh, – That's an obvious winner.
1: Like the one good offseason move they did is in resigning Blake Beasley. Literally went to jail. Yep. <laughs>
0: yep. That just to good. get away from the team. I'm sure he did that. I before.
1: do. I want to shout out. I didn't write this down. I do want to shout out. Definitely could have won. Timberwolves one of the year. Not necessarily this year, but it carries over for lifetimes. Uh, Shout out to the 2009 draft, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Oh, my God. That is, yeah. Where, you know, we don't want to, like, everybody misses on great players. Sam Buies, Darko Milicic. You draft bad players, that happens. Like, no team is devoid of blame in terms of missing on a great player. But 2009, the Minnesota Timberwolves had a glaring need of point guard. And they had not one, but two top six picks to adjust it. To address it. Mm-hmm. They had the 5th and 6th pick in the 2009 draft. And they picked not one, but two point guards. They picked Ricky Rubio and Johnny Flynn with the 5th and 6th pick. Not in that order. Was it in that order? Rubio, then Flynn. Just, five, so, six. yeah. So, 5-6. One pick later was another point guard by the name of Stephen Curry, who is leading the league in scoring this year. So, the Timberwolves needed a point guard. They took two swings at it. And the player drafted the very next pick after they drafted two point guards is one of the greatest point guards in NBA history. And so that that's uh, a moment that still lives on to this day.
0: Yeah, and I think it's funny. I think after they took those Rubio and Flynn, they're like, dang, we really messed up the point guard. So they took another one at 18 um, in Ty Lawson. And then they took another one at uh, 45. <laughs> so they drafted four point guards in that class. <laughs> None of them Steph Curry. <laughs> None of them were Steph Curry. Yeah, that's <laughs> good. Uh Stell Timberless should be in you. Never
1: change. <laughs> All right. Next is the uh a phrase that I love to use that, that um nobody would admit it, but a lot of people think this times, which is the happy to be here award. Which mm. is the award going for a player, a team, an or organization that's uh such overperformed their own expectations that even if things don't work out the way they might work out for somebody in their position, they're just happy to be considered or included in the conversation. So here's our nominees for the Happy to Be Here award. Uh, we have the New York Knicks, who at this point are on pace to host the playoff series. They may you know, it's still kind of up in the air, but right now they are the four seed in the East. They have been one of the best teams in basketball for the last three weeks. Maybe the best team in terms of, of uh record. I don't have it in front of me, but they've been awesome. They were a bottom three team for me going into the year, and they are a top four team in the east. New York basketball's <laughs> back, baby. And even if they get swept in the first round of the playoffs, I think that New York will be overjoyed with the season. So that's I why they haven't Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of the Knicks, Julius Randle, a perennial guy that's fine but has a lot of faults, is potentially All-NBA player. Totally out of nowhere. Nobody saw this coming. Basically a lock for most improved player, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, so being in the All-NBA conversation, I think, is more than enough for Jewish Randall right now that he's just happy to be considered in the conversation. Um definitely. Next for me, uh I looked up on NBA.com dot com the official rookie of the year ladder and one Jay Sean Tate is is not only in that, but I think I don't remember yeah. I don't have it in front of me. I should have had it in front of me, but uh I think he was top five.
0: Yeah, he has been for a lot of the year. They Which that in
1: in Houston, yeah. Crazy. So good for him.
0: Uh didn't see coming. Uh he was undrafted, right? Yeah, he graduated like four years ago from Ohio State. He's like he's like our age.
1: <laughs> I didn't know that. Okay, I just, I just remember that. Yeah, so you know, to be in the rookie year conversation, good for him. Good job. Yeah, do uh, something. And then finally, uh, D'Andre Jordan, for just being on the Nets <laughs> roster because he was signed the same year they signed uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, which was not this well, off season, but the off season before. Right. Right. Okay. Two years yeah. ago, like like a pretty. Not cheap deal. And I remember listening to an interview, and um, he was considered one of the big three coming to Brooklyn. <laughs> and boy, has that not been the case. But I'm sure he's just really enjoying being on the team and, and putting on the Nets jersey. So with that in mind, uh, the winner, I think the league would agree, has to be the New York Knicks. Because 100%. this is totally out of nowhere, being a good, legitimate team. Favored to win a playoff series, technically, being a four seed. It's just, it's so, um, like I said, I had them as a bottom three team. I thought they were going to be awful again. It's just, it's crazy that they I are. I think maybe
0: the the happy to be here award is like for the fans, like the Knicks fans. They're just happy to see the Knicks. Yes, oh, for sure. Uh, you know, back. Yeah, the, like I said, even if they kind of
1: get stomped out of the playoffs, the, the, you know, the the air in New York will be different. They're just happy that the New York Knicks are a are, are somewhat respected basketball team again.
0: All right, next, Inside the NBA Award. And it should just be named after Shaq. I um, mean, it is. Like, it's a Shaq.
1: This is for <laughs> Shaq. But it's about the Inside the NBA show. The crew, you know, Shaq, mm-hmm. Chuck, Kenny, and Ernie. I couldn't think of this. The white dude. And the white dude. Um, so this is an award of Inside the NBA, the the great NBA analysts there Inside the NBA. Uh, how much they don't know about the NBA was the yes. key to this award. So we have... Um, Four nominees, all from Shaq, not knowing what he's talking about. First is, uh, when Shaq goes on Tuesdays, Candace Parker is one of the hosts as well. And just how infinitely more Candace Parker knows about the game of basketball than Shaquille O'Neal. It's, just, it's a bad look for Shaq every time he opens his mouth when talking to Candace Parker. Because, boy, does he not know basketball compared to Candace Parker. And it's um, its kind of hard to watch sometimes. I don't know if you, like... It's not a great look for Shaq. Yeah, and, and no, talk about. He-
0: he just he won't back down. Like he'll just keep saying stuff that. But did we win or did they win? Right, did they get right. a ring? Yeah, yeah. yeah no, all that stuff. Right. I okay, guess so well, that's why this is trying to like break down the game. <laughs> yeah.
1: Us uh, next is the Donovan Mitchell uh, scandal. No, debacle.
0: Yeah. Where he so he called out Donovan Mitchell for what like what did he even say? He's bad. I don't think you can take yeah. Like I don't think you can take your game to the next level. I don't see you. Um. I don't know what what the context was, but called him out live on the post-game interview after Donovan Mitchell had a great game uh, and just said, I want, you know, I'm trying to motivate you. I don't think you can take your game to the next level. And Well, he didn't say trying to motivate you. He said that after the fact. No, facts. right, right, right. He didn't tell Donovan Mitchell that. And Donovan Mitchell was just like, okay, all right. Thanks, Shaq. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> yeah, and so then kind of a lot of Grizzlies came to his defense and,
1: and Shaquille O'Neal was kind of a dick about it. Mm-hmm. And then this is when, when – when I say Grizzlies. A lot of – a lot of grizzly bears came to <laughs> Donovan fans Um Then the Jazz ended up going on that incredible run to you know have the best record in the NBA, and and Shaq took credit for it, saying that he motivated, like I said, he <laughs> motivated Donovan Mitchell. And uh, that just not, like there was nothing friendly about what Shaquille did. Yeah. So the, there's that. Um, there was uh, Shaq didn't know uh, the first name of Siakam, so when the Raptors were playing. Ernie asked Shaq if he was keeping his eyes on Pascal, Pascal yeah. and he said, no, I got my eyes on Siakam, he <laughs> did not know Pascal Siakam's name. Um, and so that inspired our winner, which was on, inside the NBA, they played the first name game with Shaquille O'Neal. So our winner is, Shaq played the first name game where they, they showed five players, the pictures, what team they played for, and their last name, and Shaq... Did awfully at trying to name these players' first name. So I actually I watched the video. Seth, it's been a while since this happened, so I'm sure you've forgotten. I never saw the video. Oh, you never saw? It? Okay, great. No. So yeah, so so he named they named five players, the last names and pictures of five players, and then like Ernie and the guys talking mentioned what team he was on, and they told Shaq name this guy's first name, and Shaq did horribly. So Seth, I'm gonna push you through the ringer. I want to do this live. Push Let's you through the test. It. Are you ready? I have. I actually have no doubt in my ability. Okay, so the first one, Shaq said. This first guy, this guy's first name was Eli. That helps. <laughs> okay. And he said the last name was Monk. Malik Monk. Malik Monk. That's correct. Yeah. Oh, he's going to name the college too. Yeah. I, go I ahead. Confident myself. Oh, that's ahead. a Kentucky one. That's right. That is right. All right. Uh, so next, uh, and, and this one was especially good because, um, uh, well, I don't want to give away. So he said this guy's first name was John. And okay. his last name was Holmes. Do you like need... Rashawn Holmes? Grishon Holmes the is the r- It rhymes.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, he to Bowling Green.
0: I know that for a fact. Yeah. And
1: so what was great about that was because Shaq is a part owner of the Sacramento Kings. No. <laughs> <laughs> Rashawn Holmes oh. plays for the Kings. <laughs> oh, my God. And so they brought that up. Next is um, uh, Shaq's, his first name was Gerard. Okay. And his last name was Quickly. Oh, Emmanuel Quickly? Emmanuel Quickly. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, what did he say? Gerard? Is that Gerard,
1: yeah. <laughs> next one is, uh, I guess, oh, yeah, try to play along at home. You don't have much time because that's getting these so quick. But they're not hard. So you should get them pretty quick. Uh and the next is is his first name was supposed to be uh, – Shaq thought his first name was Stuart. And uh, his last name was Robinson. Uh, there's a couple. Is it, is it Mitchell Robinson? It's Mitchell Robinson, yeah. Okay. So, again, so – Shaq got to see the pictures and they were telling him, Oh, this guy plays for the
0: Knicks. This guy plays for the King. The two the two Robinsons, uh, I couldn't look any further apart that I had in my head.
1: Right, right. Well the thing was Duncan that's and true. Mitchell. But like so they so they said quickly, Shaq obviously missed it. They said he's a he's a rookie having a great year for the Knicks, and they said, How about his teammate, Robinson? and then showed a picture of Mitchell Robinson. So there's no <laughs> oh. doubt about which Robinson it was that they referred right. to. And the last one, so we got this one right, and I am, the reason that I'm skeptical is because so they, sh- they they said, all right, we got one more, in Shaq says, I guarantee I'm going to get this one. And they showed it, and he, he said, I'm going to take a guess, and guessed correctly, and was adamant that he just guessed, that nobody fed him. Then. Okay. So I'm not going to give you Shaq's guess, because it was correct. Uh, but oh. it was Bane. Oh, was Desmond Bane. One. <laughs> yes, Desmond Bane. So that was the hard, I think that was the hardest, they said this was the hardest one, and I think they were Right. But so Shaq said that he just guessed Desmond. Who guesses the name Desmond? Like there's no like they're wearing earpieces because of... somebody fed him that name. I'm still adamant that. But anyways, uh, so Shaq did terribly at this game, as demonstrated by Seth. How easy it is. How 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 difficult was that for you, Seth? That was the easiest thing I could think of. The only problem was not seeing which Robinson. It was way harder for you than it was for Shaq because Shaq got to see them and got a ton of clues. So yeah, so that's our winner for the Shaq inside the NBA award. Is Shaq. Is Shaq. Good job, Shaq. All right. What is next? Uh, I think next we're going to do a shout out because it's a great concept. But this is we didn't think of this award show until like a week ago, so we didn't have a lot of time to prep it. So we wanted to do like a worst tweet slash worst take award, but this is really something that should have been done all year. We should have been collecting these, so it's really hard to do on short notice. So I think didn't you just have a few of your favorites?
0: Yeah, I'm just going to read off a couple of the okay. uh, Horrible Takes tweets. Right, right. Uh, First one is, in terms of NBA potential, P.J. Washington greater than Zion Williamson. And it's not really close. Um, so that sounds good. Mm-hmm. Next one was, Woj tweeted that Alec Burks signed with the Knicks. And someone replied, nice upgrade over R.J. Over Barrett. Uh, R.J. Barrett's having a fantastic year this year. Uh, this tweet was, I'm not trolling when I say Ben Simmons is basically Michael Carter-Williams. Philadelphia rookie of the year that never developed, couldn't be more wrong. Legit question: At his absolute apex, was Chris Bosh ever better than Peak Julius Randle? The answer is no. Uh the answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a picture of Dan Russell, Brandon Ingram, Julius Randle, and Lonzo. Uh, all when they it played. like when the Lakers, right? They're just, they're just like, yeah. It's not even in the jersey. Oh, or anything. Okay, they're just right, together. all right. And uh, the tweet was: Magic did a phenomenal job of building a Lakers squad with potential, all for LeBron to throw it away. And my response is: eh, They won a championship. <laughs> you threw it away, uh, you did, but you also yeah. did it to
1: win the championship. So,
0: um, here's cool. another one that, uh, yeah, that uh, Lakers lost the Anthony Davis trade. Um, they again they won a, uh, they won a championship. And my personal favorite: If LeBron James and Jimmy Butler switch teams in the finals, Lakers win in four. Don't at me. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'd heard that one. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to end on bang. And I think it's uh I think that's my winner. Okay. Because um, that, is that one, one is wild. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Alright, good. So next year. That one'll be uh that one'll be a concise
0: good. short list of really bad takes. Yes, because we'll be,
1: we'll be collecting them all year. Send us your favorite, maybe, I don't know. Uh okay. You Christopher... you mentioned
0: that uh Judas Randall was the most improved for yes. hands down kind of lock. Yeah. Well, let's flip it over. Let's look at least improved. Who potentially could be a candidate for most improved next year? That's right. How bad they were this year? So we're, we're positive. We're thinking positive. Glass half
1: full. So, who is in the driver's seat to win most improved next year only because they were so bad this year compared to the careers? Yes. And this isn't just like aging guys. This isn't, this isn't no, you no, know, no, no. as you get old, you go, this is guys that were so bad this year compared to how they were last year, how they were expected to be.
0: I have I have three candidates.
1: Yeah, hit me with them.
0: Okay, okay. Uh, first, Kelly Oubre, um, who was brought over to – had a great year, right. almost 19 points a game with uh, with Phoenix last year. Career year. year. Brought over Phoenix, to, yeah. yeah, yes. Brought over to the Warriors to kind of fill that clay role after he went down um, to be another scorer. Uh, decrease in scoring, obviously, had been really inefficient from three for most of the year and um, has really hurt the Warriors. Next one. Aaron Baines talking about Phoenix again. He had a mm. career year as the center in for the Suns last year. Um eleven and a half points, oh, almost six rebounds. He's down to six points a game, five rebounds, and out of the rotation in Toronto. And then we have Josh Richardson, who was brought over to the Mavericks from the Sixers in a trade with Seth Curry. He was picked to be the three and D guy that the Mavs were missing. Uh has decreased in scoring, has only been shooting like thirty two percent from three. Has been good on the other side of the ball, but uh definitely not what the Mavericks thought they were getting. Yeah. So I wanted to I also I want to shout out uh T Steibel for this. Yeah. Only oh, because
1: yeah. like you mentioned, the second year bump, which kinda happens a lot, that like you said, you get a, you get an off season under you to help develop your skills. He had a second year regression in yes. which uh his scoring is down and you know, not just because maybe like the Sixers are more healthy so He's not shooting as much. His scoring is down and his three point percentage is down over fifty percent or over not fifty percent. Fifty percentage points. Yes. Yes. So f- he's thirty six percent to thirty percent this year, and his free throw percentage is down from sixty one percent to forty four percent. So uh not just that he's, he just forgot how to shoot, I guess, is the problem, which is not what you want to see from a
0: guy supposed to be developing as a rookie to a second. But he's year. so good defensively. He has really good defensively, exactly. yeah. Um, I'd say the winner is Josh Richardson. Ah, uh, yeah. It's got to be. It's got to
1: be, especially because he was traded to the Mavericks to help bring in that kind of defensive role, defensive wing role. And the theory was, well, he's he's kind of a streaky point shooter, but now that he's going to be assisted by Luka, he's never going to get really three-point looks. looks in his life. Yeah, yeah so percentage will go up. <laughs> and he's shooting a career, didn't you say career low, two-point percentage? I don't think it's career low. Okay. I don't, a bad. I don't have it much worse it. than yeah. last year, probably. Yes. and he, is worse. Especially yeah. because how good Steph Curry... How good Seth Curry's been. I, I can't stop saying how good Seth Curry's been on the uh on the Sixers. That's a, that's a real bad look for him. Yeah. 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 I so our next award is is um this is award in vacuum where if you took somebody that doesn't know anything about the like, kind of the NBA the last few years or who the players are, watching a bunch of NBA basketball, who would they be most surprised to learn at one point was an NBA All Star? So this is a they were an all star award. So our nominees are. I already mentioned him, DeAndre Jordan, who, has a less athletic version of himself, in which he was only good because of his athleticism, <laughs> uh, is a liability offensively and defensively. And is the only reason he's really starting or playing. Is he even starting anymore? I don't know. Shouldn't don't... be playing. Nick Claxton's way better, yes. uh, but he's on. The, he's he's having a tough year on the on the Nets. Next is uh is is Brook Lopez, who is a solid NBA player. But he's still—I think he's like what, like thirty? He's in his early thirties. Thirty-three. I think. Thirty-three. Okay, so he's not that old, and he was never that athletic. So it's not like he's DeAndre Jordan, where he's losing athleticism and his game is falling apart. But he's just a fine rotation player, and doesn't look like he was ever anything more than that. But to learn that he was an All Star without being like he, without shooting threes, when he was an All Star on the Nets, mm-hmm. he was like a back to the basket guy. Yeah. And now he's just like wholly a three point shooter. He definitely did not shoot threes back then. Yeah, he yeah, yeah. Not a chance. Uh Next is Jeff Teague. Who the Celtics begged to leave the team because he was so bad. He's now on the he's on the the um the Bucks too, right? Yeah, he's playing. Is he playing? I don't remember. He is sadly. Okay, but he uh he was an All Star and he was so bad on the Celtics. It was it was actually crazy how unproductive he was. The Peyton Pritchard, the rookie, was playing over him. <laughs> and then last is uh is Rajan Rondo, who's never been a big stat guy or a big um like he does a lot of things that don't show up on the stat sheet. But, boy, was he terrible for the Hawks. It has to be mentioned. Yes. That, um, that he was kind of brought in to help mentor and be a good backup point guard, and he just was abysmal. But the winner has to be Jeff Teague. So, Jeff Teague, Absol- congratulations. has to be. Because, good God, the, just watching him, I know he was an all-star. I remember. And in watching him, I cannot believe that he was an all-star.
0: <laughs> he was part of that four-player four, uh, Hawks. Yes, 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 yes. All-star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out Jeff Teague. Uh, who sucks?
1: <laughs> yeah, all right. So we have a couple of awards that we're going to be carrying over for very subjective awards for us. That um, The first award is the Charlotte Hornets Award. And we're naming it because it goes to the team that I don't know why, we don't know why, but they're so fun to watch and we love watching them so much. The, I don't know why they're as fun to watch as they are, but we love watching them. So this year it is the Charlotte Hornets, the winners of the um, inaugural Charlotte Hornets Award. Congratulations <laughs> to them. And then uh, kind of like that, but for a player where we love them, win more than we should, or then maybe their game indicates. So that is the Vooch Award, is what we're calling it, and that goes to Nikola Voochovic. So congratulations! Uh, there were a bunch of nominees for both of these, but um, we know we're not going to get into that. Right. Just that uh, Vooch wins. Congratulations, Vooch! Vooch Award goes to Vooch. Um, good job, you.
0: All right, Jim, we have Jim, one more, and it's kind of it's kind of my favorite here. Uh, it's the There's still Time Award. So this is for guys that, uh, that are still, still haven't reached, you know, they're not old, they're not in their 30s or anything like that. Young guys that we thought d- when the draft came around that they would really make impact in this league um, and would really be good players. Um, that were still holding on hope that maybe they can make the little comeback. Yeah, so lottery picks in the last however many years, mm-hmm. they're still
1: in the league that were oozing with potential when right. they were drafted. And we were high on them, maybe higher on them than other people. And they did not or have not lived up to those expectations, but there's still time, like you said. We may have been higher on them than they were on themselves. That maybe there's a chance
0: for them to still develop into all-stars, all-NBA MVPs. Who knows? I just I want to point out there's way more than these guys we're about to name that I just had so such strong feelings about yeah. uh, that I'm still holding out on. But our nominees for this year are Thonmaker. Where's Thonmaker at? Are you asking me like I know? Oh. I'm
1: not gonna have to Google. I have no idea. I've lost I mean, track of Thonmaker. Thonmaker. The reason it's awesome with Thonmaker is uh no, he's out of the league. Twenty four years I old. I thought so. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um he was drafted by the was it the Bucs he was drafted by? Yeah. Or, or was it was the Pistons? Oh. I don't remember. No, Bucks. He's drafted by the Bucks, and at one point he was uh like being privately worked out by Kevin Garnett. And Kevin Garnett said that this guy will be an MVP one day. He has not been an MVP yet. But like I he said, he's
0: only 24. There's still time. Who knows? He it. was the guy that was like the one of the internet sensations, seven foot, that could handle the ball, that just dominated high school. Because, right. I mean, he was just a way better athlete and huge. Uh, and just, yeah, it, could, it never carried over to the NBA. And then, okay, following that, we have Mo Bamba. Uh Shaq West made a song about him and yep. everybody loved it. Yep. yep. He's starting to get some playing time now. He's been kind of buried in the uh depth chart in Orlando. Mixed bag results um in his playing time, but that's a guy I'm still holding all hope for. Yeah, he's got like like an eight foot
1: long wingspan or something like yeah. that. Like it's insane, like just this big long center. He looked lost on the basketball court at times. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, he'll grow into it, he'll develop, he will be
0: awesome. He has not found his way yet on the basketball court. That's right, uh, Zach Collins. This is more of a he can't stay healthy, um, but once, once the doctors fix him up, maybe he'll have a chance still.
1: Yeah, the uh, So the 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 Blazers traded up for him whenever they drafted him, whenever that was. Boy, when twenty seventeen is that right? Do you remember? I don't. But he no. was. He was. A project, but he's looked good when he's been playing. But he got—he doesn't play. He he played (laughs) eleven games last year. Has not logged game this year. He's out for the season. Um, there's still time. But yeah, there's still—he just has to. Was it paper bones and glass skin? (laughs) SpongeBob. (laughs) Yeah. So he's like that. Uh, He just has to be able to be
0: healthy. But if he does, watch out. Uh, Another guy, his teammate, Hair Giles, who. At one point, was the number one player in the country in high school. Mm-hmm. Ended up tearing his ACL in high school. Went to Duke. And again, just hasn't stayed healthy during his career. Been moderately efficient or effective on the court. But like a seven-footer with his game, there was a lot of potential there. Uh, and again, just hasn't hasn't shown it yet. He's This is only his third year in the league. Plenty of time. He's still young. Just got to find the right system.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, so he was, like I said, he was like the number one recruit in the nation. Got hurt. When he was going to Duke, by the time – he got healthy to play but just could yes. not crack the rotation. And he was drafted just because of potential, basically high school potential. Right. And boy, has he not lived up to that yet.
0: Yeah. That was the yeah the weirdest thing. He couldn't get in the – he couldn't get minutes at Duke. Right. All right. <laughs> Probably should have been a red flag. Uh, and our last one, Jalil Okafor, the number three pick in 2016. Right behind, uh, Dan or towns and Daniel Russell. And I think because he won that championship at Duke, there were such high expectations for right. him. Um, there should have been. We should have known that his game would not translate well to the NBA. <laughs> I just, I, I remember Skip Bayless was, um, on
1: that draft night. He was adamant that whoever picked first and second, that they were going to regret the day they didn't pick Jokela before because he was. The it best was the Timberwolves and the Lakers. Yeah, that they, they they were going to ruin the day. They did not draft Jaleel Lokafor,
0: and our winner is none other than Jaleel Lokafor. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, this uh, he's back to the basket, slow footed, big, <laughs> and in 2016 we should have known that that does not work in the NBA <laughs> anymore. The problem is the good news is he's only 25, so there's still and he's, time. I mean, he's still in the league right now. He's in Detroit. Yep. he has slimmed way down. Uh, he's still get, he's in the rotation, some nights. So like you said, still hope. Mm-hmm. So look forward. Don't panic. There's still time. There's still time. And you win this award. Mm-hmm. First award he's
1: won in a while, I'm sure. That's right. I'm sure of it.
0: All right. So uh,
1: that's it. It's all our awards. It was fun. Um, we will probably be better at this next year because we yes. will be thinking about it all season long. Definitely. So, But
0: congratulations to our nominees and yeah. our winners, especially.
1: Yeah. Uh, your awards are in the mail.
0: That's right. All right, so we are moving on to
1: Splash Pass.
0: Yes, uh, and we are spla Speaking of rookie classes, we are splashing on the 2003 NBA draft with LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Car- Carl Carl <laughs> Carmelo Anthony, uh, Chris Bosh, the big guys, and Kyle Corber, Don't forget about him. And we are passing on a historically bad NBA draft from 2000 with I think Kenyon Martin was the number one pick. And that was Suns putting in the NBA. Pretty cool. Um, but there were only three All Stars in this entire draft. No multiple time All Stars. Yeah. So, so our, our
1: criteria is we were talking about rookie. This rookie class. Yeah. Um, last twenty years, the best and worst rookie draft class. Two thousand three was the best. Two thousand was the worst. So every year for every every week for Splasher Pass, I guess I should introduce it.
0: In, oh yeah, yeah. Radius.
1: So every week for Splasher Pass, we. Talk about some news stories, gossip, rumors that we don't feel is big enough to talk about as a main story. Talk about it here. We give our take on that whether we splash, like it, or pass, dislike it. And we come up with different criteria every week. So this week we're doing a little NBA draft class criteria. So I think you're up first, right?
0: Yes. I am 2003 on NBA team social media managers right now. So the old saying, you can't teach dog an old, an old dog new tricks. That came into play here with the Chicago Bulls. Uh, as they were in peak off season content form. Uh and you kinda know what that is, Rob, where you're uh the season there's not games going on and they can't post stuff about the games. Uh so they gotta come up with interesting things to keep fans involved. Uh and I think that the Bulls social media team is just used to the season being over at this point. You know, they're not fighting for anything. Right. Um trying to keep keep the fan fans engaged somehow. Except this year, you know, their team is still uh fighting for a playoff spot. So they tweeted what would our lineup look like on a baseball team and they put the nine guys on the bulls roster in positions on the field and i don't know why right now it was <laughs> it, it was it was like white Sox night or something like that mm. but um that is something that is peak season content um and then the king's social media manager when lebron the news broke that lebron might be playing the king's social media account just tweeted lol like in response to nothing right after that came out and then they tweeted again after it was official that LeBron was playing. And it was just, laugh my ass off. <laughs> that was it. Wow. Not in reply to anything. Just just on their own. Uh, and I thought that was pretty great. So good job, social media teams. <laughs> good thing the Kings won. And good for that. Yeah, they really won that game. It's a bad look if they lose.
1: Yes. But, uh, good on them. All right. So I am, I am 2,000. I am passing on defensive effort. I'm out on it. Uh, some defensive players work hard. And some know when not to contest. You know, that get out of the way mentality. Don't want to get embarrassed. Uh it can be smart. You know, sometimes it's it's, you know, if you got LeBron steamrolling down the lane, you, know, you just don't just want to give him an end-one, so just get out of his way. Or Mavia speed. you don't want to get embarrassed. Uh that second part is never phased Rudy Gobert, who got switched on to Devin Booker, and as happens a lot when he gets switched on the quick guards, gets embarrassed on a step back, gets crossed, gets turned around, yeah. gets it makes him look like he's in the Heisman pose. Uh, the problem is he's so big and long, there's no way to stay on balance when he's defending on the perimeter. So why try? I just – take a page out of Kevin Love's book. Remember in the um, 2016 finals, game seven, up three, he could switch on to Steph Curry. Everyone on planet Earth knows Steph Curry wants to shoot a three. Kevin Love asks him, dares him to go shoot a layup. Just let him shoot yeah. a layup. You got help yeah. there. It's fine. I don't know why Rudy Gobert is trying to lock down ISO these guys in the perimeter. You're guarding Devin Booker, a great three point shooter. You have help inside. Just force him inside. Don't let like he tries to drive <laughs> by you. Let him go. You don't have to block just it's not embarrassing if he blows by you. It's embarrassing if not he no, if it. he Paul dribbles between your legs or does some crazy <laughs> spin cycle thing to you. Just just let him go by you. I like who cares if he blows by you. You have help and you won't look down. Stop giving so much effort. Just take away the three point shot. I'm out on the defensive effort.
0: He's got he's gotta prove he's a defense player of the year.
1: Well not there, because that doesn't <laughs> help his case, let me tell you. The <laughs>
0: screenshots of him in the Heisman post. Oh, it's so funny, yeah. Um, I am 2003 on Coach's Hot Seat season. It is time already. Uh, interestingly, enough, interestingly enough, there's already a report that five NBA coaches are on the hot seat right now. Uh, four of them are in playoff contention, which is weird. It came out that, uh, that Terry Stotts apparently is expected to get fired no matter what the outcome is. Uh, from the Blazers, even though they're in the seventh seed right now. But like we talked about, that might have just been last week. Um it's kind of inevitable just because that's the one thing they needed to to shake up, right? Right. Um Mike Boonholzer's on the hot seat. They expected to get fired if they don't if the Bucks don't make the finals, which is pretty high uh, high standards. But and then Nate Bjorkren from the Pacers after one season this is his first year people have already talked about him getting fired and then scott brooks and luke walton those two are kind of uh have been talked about a little longer but it's that time of year no one's job is safe and um we're going to hear about this for a while i'm sure hot seat season i love it yeah all right i am 2000 i
1: am passing on old heads the old <laughs> guard in the nba old man yelling at clouds uh, so uh dr j Julius Serving went on a podcast and was asked about his all-time starting five. He gave—he didn't just give us that. He gave his first team and second team positionally, that kind of position. Uh, so his first team was uh, Jerry West, Oscar Robertson, Elgin Baylor, Will Chamberlain, and Bill Russell. All great, all Hall of Famers. Interesting, all five guys were retired before Dr. J even came into the NBA. He was still playing in the ABA when all the five of those guys were retired. Uh, his second team, uh, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, Carmelo, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So all guys that played like after him. Two of those guys made it into the 2000s. But nobody was picked that was drafted in the 90s or later from his all-time teams. Uh, and he, he was asked about LeBron. He didn't want to pick LeBron because he says the way LeBron kind of moves from team to team and builds his own super teams, he didn't need to pick LeBron because LeBron would pick his own teams. Uh, two things interesting about this, um, so he, he he basically doesn't like how LeBron has started this culture of making super teams, as he calls it. Um, well, interestingly, uh, three players that you named on your first team played on the same team. Jerry West, Elgin Baylor, Will Chamberlain. They played on a team together. They were on a super team. Uh, and so interestingly, for his own career, uh, his 1981-82 76ers reached the NBA Finals and then in the very next offseason, signed reigning MVP Moses Malone at free agency. They gave the 76ers four All-Stars plus an out-of-prime his prime future Hall of Famer. That team won 65 games and went 12-1 in the playoffs to win the championship. That is a super team. Four All-Stars plus a Hall of Famer. I don't know where I don't know where this narrative of that that super teams didn't exist before the Miami Heat LeBron teams. It's just such a back in my day mentality from him, and it's a terrible take, a terrible thing to have about this NBA. Like, I don't care if you don't like LeBron, or don't respect him. If he's not in your first team All NBA, there's, it's not a real list. Like, it's just, it's a stupid right. thing, a stupid take. I'm out of it. I'm off of it. Dr. J. Great at doing those, rock the babies, but not
0: great at building <laughs> NBA teams. Not at all. Uh, my last one here. I'm 2003 on the idea of the ESPN Marvel broadcast. Did you see this? I didn't uh, watch it. Uh, it was uh, it. It's very comparable to the the NFL did the Nickelodeon yeah, broadcast which for the was playoffs. Amazing, right? You know the goal is to attract kids, get them in uh, like excited with the sport, keep them entertained throughout the broadcast. Now, it didn't hit it didn't hit me as well as the Nickelodeon one did, um, but I love the idea of getting the kids involved. But the Nickelodeon one had so many more like quotes and metaphors that I could that I loved that brought me back to my childhood. I'm just, I'm not that into Marvel, you know, into superheroes and stuff like that, but I can understand how the, like how it would get kids involved. Best part was Zion shot an airball three and they had like a little smoke, smoke trail behind it. (laughs) You know, they, uh, during the live broadcast (laughs) and it just ended up way short airballing. That's funny. (laughs) Um, But Draymond set a career high for hero points with 48. uh, And he was the, the arena of champions or something like that uh, MVP, which is, what was the uh, the Nickelodeon one? The MVP, an N, N- V P Yeah, like like it was just well, like well, Nick Nickelodeon oh, valuable oh. Player. <laughs>
1: I think it was.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, but he had he had forty eight hero points. So I don't know what hero points. are. What does are. that mean? Yeah, uh, um, I don't know, but okay. that's what he had, and that was it was a career high. Okay, well, good <laughs> for him. I <laughs> all time right. Isn't he leading at all time? All hero t- points. Saying, then? All time. Yeah, highest oh. career point average. Um, all the time, nice. So yeah, friend. it's. I I like the idea of it. it's really great. Um yeah, kids get involved in. Yeah, it's that. fun. It's different. I don't know. I didn't watch it. Should I? Is it worth going back and watching? Mm, watch, watching? Like, you, watch like the start of it. It gets. Okay. I mean, it's a lot to to watch for. Maybe you know, maybe 40 like I'll
1: go watch like a highlights, the best of. Yeah, okay. definitely. Okay.
0: It's. I mean, it's 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 really great graphics. Like it's cool how they do it. But yeah, it, it's if you're an NBA fan, don't watch. Like you know, if you like just watching basketball, please don't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good to know. All right, that is our show. Yeah, good show,
1: good episode. Um, so next week we're going to. I think next week's going to be our last regular episode, right? And then yeah. we'll start getting the playoffs. Things get weird. Um, we're gonna try to break down, give our predictions for all NBA teams. So are we gonna? We're gonna send out. We're gonna have a. How are we doing it? We'll have to put it on, we'll put it on Twitter we'll for post sure. Post a link to a Google form. Uh, you can fill in your own NBA team, and we'll get a consensus, get a community all-NBA team. Yes. That we can talk about. Definitely. So So be on the lookout for that, at Graze the Rim. You should go fill out a form. It'll be easy. Do it. Do that. We'll be talking about next week.
0: That's right. We'll see you guys next week. Uh, Logan Martin, play us out.
2: I guess it's back, you're dirty, STL Derby I'm not like matching to Kareem, man You tell me I ain't worthy, I ain't speaking about Georgia, I'm speaking about income Did you hit Elizabeth, here comes the big one I put my money in your community, and you got your budget I want my ass, with you advance to the toilet and flush it My last dance be a stance of general custard I hot dog cause I can I got cheese and mustard I got the stats of a Hall of Famer and just two records. That's why I'm back up at the Super Bowl with Julius Peppers. I got that can't stop, won't stop in my veins. That's why they can't stop, won't stop screaming my name. Loggin', log in. go log tell your friends to tell your friend. I'ma keep the same and whether I lose or win. Over down ten, I'ma fight you to the end. Let's go! Ain't no way they can stop me now. I'm so much going to, to be running. i am going you get what I can anymore Even if my blood, my sweat, and my tears don't mean nothing It's the blood of champions, it's the heart of, it's the heart of And me, I'm the first pick, the first round Signing bonus, profound, playing for the hometown,
0: ripping for the home crowd Get a up of Michael Redd, tell them again Get a bottle of Michael
2: Redd. heard what I said The MVP Intensity's still the same I'm shooting out from Bahrain With paying many time aim You Can't stop me from scoring So the results are just hacking So there's three of us now Me, AI, and Shaq From the look to the eyes I say Harbor man With more heart than Hallmark On Valentine's Day I'm the one that can have been raving about My Ray Lewis I think it's hard to go and change your route Cause you don't know if I'm losing Or if I'm sitting the ring. Waiting on you to drop, trip, and drop back And throw up a pig man. Ain't no way they can know, ain't no way they can know, ain't no know, ain't no they can know, and I know where they can, they can, can stop me now. Broken calls on my way, way, yeah. I can feel yeah. my rain yeah. coming. Yeah. It's the blood of the champion. The champion. Made on how I could twerk it It's hard work pays off Then easy work is worthless My work, habit ain't no heaven, man I do it on purpose I push myself to the limits Of my talent to surface So now it's curtains and traits On anybody who hates Disliking what I'm reciting Biting what I've been writing I've been dog-biting Scratching and clawing on every hate Trying to make you remember me Like you remember the times Cause I'm a warrior my daddy was a soldier. I like Vietnam bent with a little dirty thought. I told ya. I'm supposed to rip up your town at Teriosis. Hitting like vulgers, man. I'm young white and rich, as good as it gets. And giving your point guard fists, He thinks he's done seen pressure, man, but he ain't seen. Shh. Ain't no way they can know. Ain't no way they can know. Ain't no way they can know. Ain't no way they can know.